Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. Kyle, how are things uh, in your neck of the woods these days? Well, it's a new neck of the woods. Uh, you weren't the only one who did a move. Mm. Yes, yes. It's been uh, it's been nice and kind of shitty at the same time. Uh, mm. I don't know about your move, but uh, as soon as we took over this house, we had immediate sewage backup and Ooh. had to spend about almost ten grand getting the, the main line ripped out up to the street and replaced. Well, I mean, I always assumed you were full of shit, but uh, no, <laughs> the proof is out there for everybody. That's awful. That's awful. No, I, I did a step up in the world. Now I've got, you know, indoor plumbing and a kitchen. <laughs> Where were you living before? I was I was living back in that, that bedroom at the at the ranch, you know, ne- next to the chicken coop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like, oh, you're in Vegas too now, right? Uh, yeah, technically Henderson, but yeah, I'm in the land of uh, poker and, and oh. gambling. There are no lottery tickets, but there are slot machines at every gas station. That's very weird for me. Wait, there's no lottery? Yeah, no no scratchers, no state lotto, no lottery tickets whatsoever. Instead, uh, every convenience store has slot machines and video poker. Huh. Yeah. I don't know why that seems bizarre. Yeah, grocery stores have them too. Who's Are people using them? frequently like who's going to the gas station and being like mm, you know i have to feel like uh sitting down here for the next 20 minutes and gambling my paycheck the same people who were doing that with the scratcher lottos that i used to see like buying 30 dollars and then like sitting out the oh. car and scratching them those are now in in vegas those are the people that are like i got 20 minutes to kill oh, that's i'll, I'll of, do the slots uh... i don't know i've seen it though that was my thought was like who's gonna be using that but you know i've seen it enough times like oh wow the gas station by the house I used to live at was putting slot machines in. I think of the same thing. Like, who, like they're putting like a room in there. Like, what people are going to, it doesn't take that yeah. long to fill up, you know? <laughs> like, like, maybe when we go to EVs and it takes, you know, 20 minutes to charge your car, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, come on in the shop with us today, folks. Sit back, relax, rage against that hedge machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing those ever-growing strategies for maximizing gains and cutting losses. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out one of our many, many knowledge and resource centers on financialnip2.com. Okay. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. You can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialneptitude.com or give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description. But the best place to be is come join us over on the Discord server. Tons of great people on there every day. It's just a really awesome place to be. Totally free. No paid tiers or special access areas because fuck that shite. So join Discord. And when you do, go ahead and send Kyle a private message. Slide on into his DMs. No, with your mailing no address. don't bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> so we can send you some smash it yourself swag straight from the shop. Okay, no duck picks. Yes, no ducks. No ducks. No ducks in the shop. <laughs> Please. <laughs> We're just glad you're here. It's a lot of fun. It's always, always better with friends. Kyle, do, do we have any show news to report? Uh, let's see. We have an episode with uh, Eric Smolinski. We're doing a roundtable that we're recording on Sunday with uh, one of our Discord members and one of his um so that will either get released on the 23rd monday or the week after that depending on if the guest i hopefully have lined up for saturday uh shows up or not (laughs) (laughs) depending on how much how much time i got let's see Uh, after that we've got brian moran from flx and jonathan brown after that from river north he's the senior investment analyst over there and then we'll be building out the rest of that guest schedule as we uh, people finally get back from vacations after the new year. 
it's been kind of get an episode recorded immediately edit it and release it for the last two weeks i'm looking forward oh, wow. to getting some in the bank <laughs> yeah 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 everybody just uh, took off for two weeks uh you know at the end of december i don't know what happened God, yeah it's it's weird and, and you know what it happens every year yeah every yeah. fucking year yeah. every year it's quite you know there wasn't so much of a santa claus rally this year i noticed no no not really uh but apparently that's a myth somebody was uh, sharing us some details of some back testing he actually did on that and like the numbers were not as strong as it looked as the media makes it sound Mm, just a good story yeah exactly what about you yeah i got i got a little bit of show news um i'm setting up a a new a new pod solo man podcast uh slash youtube channel for myself just uh some wild storytelling it's called conspiracy histories i'm going through history and the uh conspiracies that you've probably never heard of before guaranteed you haven't heard these conspiracies before oh really like what yeah uh, our inaugural episode that I've got uh, almost completely edited. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of it, but the way it was told to me is the eruption of Mount Vesuvius that buried Pompeii may have been a man-made event. That's really? The way it was told to me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Might have involved <laughs> alchemy. I'm just saying. That's how it was told to me. That's how it was told to me. Yeah. All right. That should be fun. Yeah, it's a good time will be had by all. Uh, when you get links for that, make sure you share that with us. Oh, I, I look forward to it. Absolutely. So then going forward then, because you have those other projects going, um, mm-hmm. we're just going to continue doing the, the Friday recordings like we have been, and I'll just handle the, the guest episodes then. Yeah, sounds fantastic. All right, let's do it, man. You want to talk about some actual real stuff? Speaking of, yeah, we've got a fragile, fragrant, frantic episode for you today. Lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than people who just got laid off from a tech company. Oh, that's a lot of them. That's a lot of people. Apologies if any of you listeners out there just got laid off. Uh, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Tens of thousands. I keep waking up to a new news article every day. Yeah, there's like a Microsoft. thousand here, 10,000 there. Yeah. We'll be talking about at least one of those here <laughs> in a little bit. And a bloodbath. Yeah. And uh, reach out to us. We do love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook, on our Discord. we got the link to that Discord in the episode description. If you're old school, you can send us an email to twobulls at com. That's the number two. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you're just trying to visit your teetotaling aunt and uncle, and somehow you wind up in a rural street gang headed out to murder the current top dog in the area. Oh, is that gangs in New York? That is a little uh little known film um what what oh shit what how am I... oh, you... <laughs> <laughs> as a little known film called wizard of oz oh you threw you got me you got me yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought know. the rural gang would would uh would help you out but <laughs> if you said that they were um vertically challenged then maybe i would have got it <laughs> oh 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 all right all right before we start talking about the news here i'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors and friends at manscaped trade pro academy and order flow labs manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming with precision engineered tools for your family jewels and with the holidays just over now's the perfect time to take advantage of our exclusive (laughs) offer 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping just use the promo code two bulls at manscaped.com. That's the number two bulls, as always. And when it comes to institutional quality trading education, take a look at the fellows over at tradeproacademy.com. In our free Discord server, you can find instructions to take advantage of our discount with them as well. And for all of you degenerates out there who enjoy trading futures, you'll definitely want to check out the custom tools and studies over at orderflowlabs.com. Damn it, I feel like you read that better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> also i forgot to update the tick the holidays out <laughs> that's okay i did that in real time i know you did it on the fly it was beautiful <laughs> so oh, that's boy. why that's why i get paid the big bucks kyle <laughs> right <laughs> wait you get paid <laughs> <laughs> should we hear a song because it's been a while you're done.
Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just skeptics, trading information. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill. No, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, man. trading Yeah, <laughs> no, I wasn't even acting. I can believe that. <laughs> All right, we had uh, we had quite a bit of Fed speakers this week, but the most recent one happened on Friday. It was uh, Waller jumping on the mic, and it looked like he was the one who was kind of spurring this uh, most recent uh, uh, yeah. bullish push. I guess we could call it right. <laughs> Maybe a, a frenzied short covering <laughs> could be another way of putting it. Only time will tell. <laughs> Uh, he he jumped on. He said that he uh, is fa- also favoring a 25 bit rate hike at the next monetary policy meeting, which is taking place in uh, was that next week? No, the week after. The it'll be on the 31st or, and 1st of February. Um, he's not the first one to be popping up with that, and I think people are finally finally seeing the end in sight of the the Fed's aggressive mm. rate hiking uh, stance. Like they're not exactly flipped, uh, you know, dovish yet, but um, they're they're definitely not as hawkish as they have been. Right. Uh, I mean, historically speaking, we're no we know we're near highs, so they can just keep raising rates and raising rates. Um, I'm I, <laughs> I mean, I'm, what, I'm bearish. I'm not. I don't think they're done. I don't think they're going to be done for another two years. Raising rates? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Just out of curiosity. Uh, be- because they're they're not they don't want to risk the repeat of the seventies and eighties. Mm. Do you think they're just going to be super aggressive until it's <laughs> until basically until yeah. they beat it into submission? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's that's my two cents. I would think at some point, you know, they have to pause and at least you know see what's going on. Like, yeah, they may have to come back in and and start hiking again, but. I think there should at least be a pause coming soon. You would hope. I mean, you can't just, I don't know. I guess you could keep raising indefinitely, but you know, eventually that's going to crash the economy. But I don't know. It's, I mean, they've, they've been on the war path against jobs lately, it seems like, and they're finally starting to see some results of that push. Yeah, I, it wasn't in this story. I did see something about the filing for unemployment claims has gone down and it was seen as a win for jobs. Yes, uh, the unemployment rate in December was 3.5%, which is matching the 50-year low that we'd reached before the pandemic. Um, he did say, though, that he is still cautious, which gives more strength to your case there. Um, core CPI inflation had actually ticked up in December. Uh, and he also said that core inflation has basically moved sideways all year. They also talked about wage data, uh, saying that the recently hourly earnings data are a positive development. Uh, for him, not for you know, probably people who you know collect hourly wages. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> he said he still needs to see more evidence of wage moderation to sustain, uh, sustainable levels. And the Fed Reserve Bank of Atlanta's wage growth tracker has been running higher lately and has moderated less. Hmm. Okay. So there, I mean, the message is still fairly similar, but there seems to be more optimism in, in the people's uh, statements. And Waller should be the last one because I believe they go into their blackout period starting next week. How, how long is that blackout period going to be? It'll be from basically that Monday until the FOMC meeting is complete on Wednesday the 1st. Okay, so not not that long. It's not very long, yeah. They, it, it's the week before their meeting. They, they always black them out. Get to trade with it nice and quiet for once. <laughs> it seems like they're on the mics every other day. <laughs> I I feel I feel like I would be looking forward and wanting and be like requesting. Can we get longer blackout periods? Right. <laughs> I don't think they need to talk nearly as much as they do. 
Guys, guys, I can't talk to you. It's a blackout period. Sorry. I know, right? Oh, oh, yeah. If you were in charge or a Fed member, like, yeah. Sorry, guys. It's my blackout period. Tell us, tell us, tell us. Are we are we gonna go in recession or not? Ah, can't say. Yeah, we're in the blackout. Be like, oh, yeah. it's the second. You just finished your meeting. Ah, I gotta prep. Gotta prep. <laughs> Don't give next it away. one's coming right up. Three months. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you got? You got something on inflation, it looks like here. Um, yes. Former Treasury Secretary named Larry Summers has been all over the place uh, <laughs> lately. <laughs> um, he's now criticizing recent calls to raise the inflation target. Um, I, I guess there have been some economists that are like, here's the fix. Raise the inflation target and it's easier to hit. <laughs> oh. Well, I guess that's a little more... It's sort of transparent than just changing the calculation for inflation. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he's Larry Summers is saying that uh, if the Fed does let up on inflation, then we're going to see a 70s style stagflation economic crisis go down. Oh, uh, so he's against the lifting of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He feels, okay, okay. he feels like we need to keep the target at 2%. To quote him... To suppose that some kind of relenting on an inflation target will be a salvation would be a costly error. It would ultimately have adverse effect as it did in a spectacular way during the 1970s, referring to the stagflation crisis. That prompted Hmm. the Fed to get way more aggressive on monetary tightening. That uh, really helped us with our recession in the 80s. I should say, uh, helped cause a severe recession in the 80s. Uh, I don't remember that, but I do. Uh, I have looked at charts from that time period and looked at interest rates from mm. that period. Like, it was nice when a bank would give you five percent on your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess at the cost of eighteen percent inflation, maybe that's not so great. I guess I don't know. My uh, my grandfather in the eighties uh, had CDs, certificate of deposits, that were given him between six and seven percent. Yeah, that's what they used to do, right? Yeah. Now it's 0.6 and 0.7%. Uh, I just, I, I, when I hear people still investing in those, I'm like, well, what's the point? <laughs> Is it what, a certificate of disappointment? Isn't that what they stand for? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I yeah. did see somebody the other day, I think we talked about it on the, the Wednesday news update, um, mm-hmm. somebody calling inflation transitory again. I don't know if I got a chance to talk about that story or not, but I really wanted to bring it up uh, just because two years later, somebody's back saying inflation will prove to be transitory. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, no, there was actually a link in my Larry Summers story uh, about that. Um, who Who said it? <laughs> who said it? Uh, central bankers in the, mistakenly called inflation yeah. transitory. Transitory, right. yeah. yeah. It's you know, it's you can. It's like Alanis Morissette writing a song called "Ironic" with no instances of irony. She can always get away with being like, "Well, that's the irony." That's what I said. <laughs> right, like. <laughs> They're transitory. Well, on a big enough time frame, it's all transitory. Ha-ha. Exactly. <laughs> Never wrong. Exactly. <laughs> all right. We got anything else before we move on to some stock-specific um, stuff? Yes. I wanted to discuss for the first time in my living memory, me thinking, maybe does Jim Cramer have a point? Is he making a good point? Let's uh, <laughs> say it's not so. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Check and make um, sure the moon's not. Let me let me quote. He said, uh, "Inflation is transitory." No, wait. Oh shit. No, that was no. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's saying he's saying that the carnage that we're seeing with like Amazon and Tesla and Salesforce getting sold off mm-hmm. uh, is is getting causing people to miss the mark on what would otherwise be a bullish market uh, companies like Visa, MasterCard, bank companies, JP Morgan, mm-hmm. uh, even Boeing uh, have, they bottomed out late last year. Like they were not seeing them. Nobody's uh, talking about them because they they're, yeah. Cause they're not the big, like, you know, tech is, is like 30% of the market. So everybody is like, oh, look at tech, look at tech, look at tech. And tech is what's dry, dragging the market down. If you take tech out, we're actually in a bull market. Interesting. 
Um, so he's saying, don't don't get caught up in 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 obsessing over the tech declines. Uh, they, Just they, sell all your tech stocks and buy yeah. Boeing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, the, but yeah, the point being, like, there are other places to invest other than tech. Yes, and, yeah. <laughs> you can be doing all right if you're staying out of tech at the moment. And you know, how long did we watch what would be traditionally seen as overvaluations and companies like Tesla, like how much money they make versus how much their stock's worth? It's like whoa. So yeah, and and how long it continued too. Like, yeah, I think. The lessons we hopefully learned from this last bull run and sell-off should hopefully be uh, uh, something that we can keep in mind going forward. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. those times do not continue. And if you don't take profits at some point along the way up, you're going to be uh, in a really shitty spot. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's, uh, I don't like the idea, though, of having a Kramer story where we agree with him. A broken clock still right twice a day right ah okay all right i can live with that (laughs) you know um he's gotta he's gotta be right occasionally just to fuck things up right the the people that are just always betting against him yeah yeah he's gotta well uh, i'm gonna have to build another chart though of the visa mastercard jp morgan and boeing i'm gonna throw them all into a tracker and i'm gonna keep track of them for the next three days see what it does okay fair enough (laughs) All right, we got uh, we got time to talk about about some stocks. Uh, yeah, you want to do uh, since we can actually intro our um, what you call it the live reads. I can just say something about, but first, advert. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but wait, there's advertising to be done. Yes, longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back. Fresh off a rebrand and ready to help is Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Ha <laughs> ha! That was great. That was great. Now let's uh, let's play the song. Stock time! Now it's talk about stocks time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that we're saying is still not advice. Stock time! Please don't sue us. All right, let's start with Google because we've uh, hinted about it a few different times already. They uh, they they came out with uh, the announcement that they're laying off ten percent of its global workforce. Mm, Holy shit! Ow. So that's about seventeen hundred fifty employees. Uh, I thought there was a bigger number than that. Oh, okay. So they Meta is the one who cut eleven thousand in November. Uh, the the headline I read: Google to lay off twelve thousand people. Yeah, that's what I thought. Where? Yeah. Where am I? I grab the Amazon and Microsoft story? laid off a combined 28,000 already. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're okay. Yeah. 12,000 workers on Friday they announced uh, Sundar Pichai Pichai Pichai. I think Pichai is right. Pichai. Let's go with Pichai. Sundar Pichai telling employees the company spent too much after dramatic growth during the pandemic and hired for a different economy economic reality than the one faced today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean they talked about a little bit about this uh, earlier in the week too. Uh, just the the idea that like they te- these companies should have seen that those times weren't going to continue forever. And the point was made that they were actually they knew that those times weren't going to last forever, and they just didn't care hiring twelve thousand people to fill a demand now and then just get rid of them when you don't need them was kind of the mentality. Yeah, and and it's that's more definitely, likely definitely what's happening. Eh, we don't need them. Get rid of them. Yeah, 
Yeah, but this was actually fucking huge news for the shares of Google because they jumped about ten, what five percent today. Yeah, it's a, it's a, insane, insane, insane that people are like, "Oh, Google's slimming down its workforce." All right, <laughs> now buy me some of them Google shares. I guess they were selling it because they thought there were too many workers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Google employs too many people. <laughs> I don't want them anymore. I was surprised to see Amazon was laying off more. Like, haven't they already burned through everybody they could hire? Didn't we already talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> a very, very weird position of their internal memo saying that at their current burn through of workers, that they're going to run out of people that exist to employ. Oh, it probably accelerated that with this. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so I guess uh, the, the thought with the. Uh from the the analysts or that the layoff announcements are going to stop wage pressures from rising like yay great oh yeah <laughs> like why don't we why don't we let you know capitalism determine that you know what do i know oh well i mean you're talking about companies that have time and time again gotten caught illegally price fixing in their employees where they're like hey we won't hire your employees for more money so we can keep the wages down <laughs> oh, that's that's, that's why we don't let capitalism fix it um, right. I couldn't find the story, <laughs> uh, but there was just a plant in Montana that got caught with children workers again. Uh, in Montana? Yeah. Uh, Not Montano? There's another, there's another story about getting caught with children workers again. Because remember, that's what we'll get. Yeah. <laughs> Without yeah. regulated capitalism, we get kids working the line. So, you know, hooray. Look, look, man, I know if I wanted to, you know, my parents couldn't afford those toys for me that I really wanted. Like if I had the chance to go out there and earn it off my own sweat, I probably would have been fired. <laughs> Where are they finding kids with good work ethic? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, well, it's a good, damn good question. Cause I know I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I, was, I couldn't even fucking clean up a toy to save my life. No, oh, I was not a good worker at like 13. <laughs> dig, help me dig these holes so yeah. I can plant my rose bushes, Dan. Eh. Eh, I'll do one, and then I'll go play video games. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh boy, this is getting taking a darker turn than usual. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, right, what do you got for us, Dan? Dark turns. Uh, Bed Bath and Beyond is—they're oh, no. uh, getting hit with a Nasdaq delisting warning. Um, I actually oh. ha- currently have some puts on them. Uh, That's probably a good bet. Full, full disclosure to the listener: I do have a position on Bed Bath and Beyond, and it is the a position that they are going to go down. Uh, <laughs> they they've been they've been lawyering up for possible bankruptcy. By lawyering, yeah. up, I mean I should say they've been staffing up with people who are good at bankruptcy negotiations. Yep. Uh, they failed to fi- finalize their quarterly report and file oh. it. And that's what has them in trouble at Nasdaq. They are not. Oh, I thought it was their pr- price uh, dropping too much. No, they are not in compliance with the listing rule. That's mm, makes you wonder what they're not wanting to share. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So uh, I I bought some puts on them this week before it opened on Friday. That it, it fell seven percent before market opened on Friday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they had they they were down in like a dollar. range on news Mm -hmm. that they might be going bankrupt. And then, you know, we had some sort of weird retail like, oh, they're going to squeeze. And it shot them up like five something. Anyway, uh, I had an experience in December holiday shopping where I went into a Bed Bath & Beyond. And while Mm -hmm. they did have the product that I wanted to buy, they were the only people in town that were selling a bread machine. And I wanted to buy a bread machine as a gift, right? So it's I guess that is, I guess that is beyond the bed, right? That's beyond the bed, <laughs> beyond the bread. Uh, <laughs> but get this: they had every cash register roped off, closed, and they had one person at customer service and a line of like five people. Mm-hmm. And I mistakenly thought that they were just customer service. I don't know. I apparently was standing in the wrong wrong line. I was like, all right, I got to go. I'll come back and get this bread machine another day. Holiday shopping's crazy. And it's crazy that they've only got one cashier 
that of is, holiday season. Yeah, not a good so sign. I set the bread maker down on like one of those coolers where they've got like Coca Cola, where you got your soda and water yeah, and yeah. whatnot. I came in uh, four days later, still sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Pick, yeah, that pick, store is getting closed. Picked it up, uh, went and paid for it. And, and I've gotten about seven emails since then, like, hey, come on back in and shop. Like, oh, should have waited guys... another week. You could have got the out of business sale. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Oh, uh, it, it's just they, they had no employees and really low, low foot, low foot traffic. So when, yeah. you know, that was, it was beginning of December. When I started reading about all this, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick up some books. They, they've already closed 130 stores mm-hmm. uh, with looming chapter 11. I don't see this as a big turnaround story. They're, they're, the only reason I, as a shopper, was there and not online was because I wanted it today. Yeah. I wanted, I, I didn't want it to come in the mail and show up when I wasn't home. So other people get it. And then we're like, what's in this giant box? You know, I want to keep it secret, a surprise gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, uh, I just don't see their business model uh, going forward being, being all that. No, and Brian Cohen already jumped ship too, didn't he? I, I believe so. Like I think that was one of the last things we talked about uh, before. Uh, uh, He's like, I can't turn this around. Vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it was either that or they weren't listening to him. I think it was that more mm. like he suggested all these things like spinning off. Bye bye, baby. And some other ideas. And like they just did none of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you, it's hard to turn things around when you don't, uh, you know, you don't make change. any changes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, we need to make some changes, but let's just keep everything going straight ahead, business as usual. Uh, I, Maybe the road will turn. <laughs> I'd like to submit that we change from wide-ruled paper to college-ruled paper. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Hold on. I want some clicky-top pens. In... <laughs> no more clicky-top pens. Instead of these caps. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. The next one I got is a little thing about Musk. I don't know if you've been Ooh. paying attention to this, I, I was actually completely unaware that he was in a trial right now, in a jury trial, <laughs> uh, testifying over his 2018 Twitter post. And I'll have to be more specific because he's posted a lot of things that seem to be questionable. I he bought Twitter so that <laughs> he can undo that post like it never happened, right? Uh, no, I thought he did that to get rid of the kid who was tracking his airplane. Oh, he did do that. Yeah. Free speech. Free speech. <laughs> yeah, except for that asshole for over you. there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so uh, I guess he had tweeted something about having funding secured to take his uh, uh, car man, car maker private. Take Tesla. Must have been Tesla. Take yeah. Tesla private. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a class action trial that's going on in San Francisco right now. Uh, Investor Timothy Fries is telling the jury about how he lost $5,000 buying Tesla stock after the tweet was sent out. <laughs> um you mean people believed him and they they yeah, yeah. made mo- monetary moves based on what he said? No. When the CEO says something like funding secured, like yeah, you typically believe that. You typically think it's a big deal. Yeah. Normally did, and, a wait, CEO wait, has lawyers. Not, did he not take Tesla private? Wait, what happened? No. No, the deal <laughs> never came together. So the question is whether these made material knowingly made materially misleading statements with that tweet. That uh, goes on to say in the story that this is a rare securities class action trial, and the plaintiffs have already cleared the high legal hurdles with the judge Edward Chen ruling last year that Musk's post was untruthful, untruthful and reckless. Mm. So it's not sounding good for Musk. They're expecting him to take to the stand, and I guess, and uh, try to defend himself. But he's uh, already lost know. more money than anybody on the planet has ever lost before. Can't we just? Stop picking on him. <laughs> poor, <yeah. laughs> poor, poor he man. The, he has to get the used G5, not the... Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll have to, uh, guess we'll have to pay attention to this and see what happens here. But I, I don't... I'm not... I don't usually like to bet against Musk, but in the case of this trial, I think I will probably bet against him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to end up well for him. He's going to have to... He's going to have to pay some money. That's all. Uh, yeah, Exactly. It's not like they're going to make him step down or he's like, he's not going to lose any company or anything. No, but he might do another poll. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Should I shoot spitwads at the judge? <laughs> you imagine living your life based on Twitter polls? Oh, God. It's, it's not even like it'd be one thing to live your life 
with a like a true democracy like everybody weighs in their opinion but this is mm-hmm. just the people on twitter that see the poll like yeah yeah <laughs> okay all right yeah yeah let's let that group <laughs> let's allow us members of that group make, make the decision for us might be a good consequence to keep in mind for some point in time <laughs> right <laughs> we have to do this month make one major decision using a twitter poll <laughs> Okay, you keep keep it to one. I, I was going to be even more innocuous, like let let Twitter decide what my lunch menu is for this week, <laughs> or my outfit. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> vote on a ch- pair of pants. Vote on a shirt. Vote We're, on wearing yeah. a lot more ballerina clothes than I anticipated, but here we are. <laughs> Didn't know I had any. <laughs> goddamn right ends. Goddamn. Never right. leave other as an option. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else we got? We got anything else for Looks uh, like, stock uh, news? Netflix co-CEO Reed Hastings has stepped down from his co-CEO job. He is, will be staying on as executive chairman. Was he the was he hired as co-CEO or was he the CEO before and like he's basically completing the transition? Uh, like I, did they bring him in to like, you know, to learn and take over? He's one of the founders. Okay, okay. Reed yes. Hastings is one of Netflix's founders. So I feel like like he would like they gave him a co-CEO when they were like, you don't really know how to run a company. Is either that or that he, he was just planning on stepping down at some point and this was like a transition? Well, that's, that's the weird thing is, is, is they're just going to get a new co-CEO. They've got current oh. co-CEO Ted Sarandos will continue to lead the streeting giant, but he'll be joined by new co-CEO Greg Peters, who's been the, uh, the, the COO for three years, the chief product huh. officer for six. How? Okay. All right. Well, I guess maybe if you make the transition last too long, then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it becomes important to have it. <laughs> yeah. Co-captain. So they're cutting jobs, but not CEO jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Still need two. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh yeah. God. We got two CEOs, but you know, yeah. it'll, it'll work out. It'll work out. Um, you know, this is they're coming earnings. Off... Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say this is coming off uh, the year last year where they had their first loss of subscribers um mm-hmm. started cracking down password sharing and have launched advertising uh so big changes all happened last year before he stepped down uh but yeah. you know what? they're still the dominant service they're still number one well, in the in the field their earnings just came out uh yesterday afternoon and the earnings numbers themselves weren't all that impressive but the subscriber growth was uh, they ended up adding 7.66 million compared to the expectation of 4.5 million new members. So how much of that is basically people who had been, you know, using other people's passwords, getting their own? I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Or people that, that cut it off and then were like, all right, I'll pay the six or $7 and get the advertising thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, there's still decent stuff on there. I mean, that Wednesday show is not that bad. Yeah, I haven't I, I haven't watched it yet. And and this, this is one of the things I wanted to bring up when we talked about the story is I feel like Netflix is in a has put themselves in a really precarious position. Mm-hmm. Um when I start watching a show I love, this and this is why I cut out my Netflix subscription personally. Mm-hmm. Uh uh I get a season or two into a Netflix show and then they cut it because it's not meeting their yep. algorithm. Yep. And now I'm at a point where I've got I'm I'm living in a household that has Netflix again, but I'm scared to start a new show, even if it looks great, because I don't know. I don't know if they're going to renew it. So I feel like Netflix has got themselves in a real bad spot where I don't want to start a new show that is a Netflix show, because the last six shows I've loved of theirs, only The Witchers kept going. And even that one, now the star's going to bow out. It's like, God. Right. No, it's it's tough. And I think a lot of it has to do with the binge model that they have. Like when you space out shows over a longer period of time, like it's mm-hmm. I think it's easier to, to keep a show going and keep the buzz with it. But when you can yeah. sit down and binge three seasons, then, you know, I don't know, it feels like people are usually done with it after that. Right. And I feel like Netflix only wants to renew a show if everybody sits down and binges it in the first month. Yes. And oh, I'm be, sure they have. They, yeah, yeah. Algorithms. And they're like, okay, well, this is the one we'll renew. And it's like, what yeah, the fuck? 
I'm sure they have something that says like, you know, the, the difference between, cause I've heard, I've heard comedians talk about this with their specials come out. Like they need yeah. to have so many within the first, uh, so many days of it. Like you can, even with like the TiVoing back in the days when you could, you know, digitally record this, if you record my thing, make sure you watch it in the first week. Otherwise we don't get the numbers. Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah, there's definitely something with the timeliness of when it's watched. Crazy. Anyway. So Netflix yeah. change in leadership. Apparently still got two CEOs. <laughs> it's important. Got to have all those bases covered. Yeah. Stock's been looking pretty good though. Just cleared a pretty impressive uh, resistance level at 32, 332 half. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, their stock could be, looks like it's fucking ready to rip. Um, I mean, I'm a little disappointed in myself because I was actually watching it. Uh, I wanted to watch it on the open and see if I get a retest of that line. It came right to my level and just touched it off the open and then just took off from there. God damn it. That's what I get for splitting my focus. Yeah, you can only <laughs> can only watch so many so many screens at once, right? Yeah, I think I just need to get better at using alerts. Yeah. Like, like I'm yeah. not I'm not good enough at doing that. Anyway, we should move on and talk about some crypto, huh? I got some crypto in my wallet. Something happened in the crypto space in the last uh, we've last been, little bit. We've been talking about the SBS tra- thing that's been going on for uh, too much, actually. I, <laughs> I hadn't seen any new updates pop up. I was hoping no. to bring it up and talk about it, but I didn't see anything new uh, develop yet. the The big thing we're waiting on is to see the the guy who wrote the Big Short has been like following him around for the last uh, six months. Like before this whole thing happened, so like, before it came out, yes. <laughs> so this wonderful. I am really excited to see when this book comes out. Like what angle it's going to be, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What new information led to the space? Yes. Well, in other news, the U.S. is set to announce international cryptocurrency action. What does that mean? Uh, the U.S. Justice Department will announce a major international cryptocurrency enforcement action on Wednesday, it said in a statement, adding the U.S. Treasury Department will also make an announcement. So oh. uh, what does that mean? It means shit's about to get defined. <laughs> they are about to define cryptocurrency. That's what that says to me. There's not even like a hint of what they're going to talk about here. That's This is nuts. Other officials will include the Associate Deputy Director of the FBI and the U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of New York. Oh, Representatives this. for Treasury decline to comment further. This could be very interesting. <laughs> it's pretty ominous, right? Yes. Like, ah, the Justice Department, the Treasury Department, the FBI. No big deal. The <laughs> Deputy U.S. Attorney General. No big deal. But, yeah, we got stay fucking tuned so cryptic no pun intended no pun intended be talking about that next week for sure unless it's something stupid like (laughs) federal reserve members will no longer be allowed to trade (laughs) cryptocurrency (laughs) oh no the announcement the announcement is is like (laughs) the treasury department's got new collectible nft trading cards If you submit your taxes before March 1st, <laughs> you're eligible for the IRS NFT. Oh, I would I would love if if it was like IRS agents had their own baseball card. Or or maybe they're going to let us pay our taxes in Bitcoin now. Oh, yeah. yeah that'd be good. <laughs> that would be bizarre. <laughs> yeah, any any way to recover that offshore money? All right. Uh do you have any of these stories uh, that that actually have details to them yet? Uh yes. Um there's a talk of Bitcoin SV digital asset recovery process. Um mm-hmm. they're talking about a blacklist which would be kind of like a a stop button to freeze and confiscate other users coins. Oh, that does not sound dangerous. 
Yeah, yeah. Supposedly, Satoshi Nakamoto suggested a similar kill switch feature uh, that just never, never got done. Did he really? I mean, nobody knows who he is. Uh, apparently in 2010 Bitcoin talk posts, Satoshi described a system that would allow a buyer to lock up a Bitcoin in an escrow account. How do they know that's actually Satoshi? Sorry, I'm kind of stuck on the wrong part of the story here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah let's, uh, talk, let's look at this other part, the other aspect. <laughs> let's assume that they did their due diligence and verify this is actually him. Yeah. So uh, uh, Bitcoin SV, which I believe is a company. Mm-hmm. Or, or a type of Bitcoin post uh, coin token. Uh, yeah, they they unveiled their blacklist manager back in October. Uh, it's a tool that's going to allow people to freeze and confiscate these coins as long as they provide legal documents proving rightful ownership. It's a good thing you can't forge those. <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing, nothing digital could ever be perfectly copied. That's that's right. insane. <laughs> Yeah, well, many people do are looking at this as like, is this the decentralized token that we wanted? I'm like, right. If you if you can just like hit a stop button, and be like, no, 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 give that back. I mean, there's got to be some kind of middle ground though between like the complete lack of any rules or regulations. Well, I mean, we've we've talked about that before, where it's like, oh, this this place got hacked, but it doesn't the blockchain like keep a record of itself? Like, yeah. isn't that the whole point? Like, oh, they got hacked and stole the coins, but why can't we recover them? And this just seems like... Like, we know where they went. They went to this wallet and we have the address. Yeah, yeah. this this just seems like they're trying to implement something that would yeah. would uh, actually do that. Um, back at the 2010 thing, the person claiming to be Satoshi wrote, imagine someone stole something from you. You can't get it back. But if you could, if it had a kill switch that could be remotely triggered, would you do it? Would it be a good thing for thieves to know that everything you own has a kill switch? And if they steal it, it'd be useful to them, useless to them. Okay. If it could be implemented in the way that, because all Bitcoins are identifiable, right? Mm-hmm. So if you could tag your own Bitcoins yourself, maybe I could see that. That'd be like tagging your car. Like if I want to put a kill switch on my car and somebody tries to steal it or a tracker, then I can still go and find it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. What if you could, what if you could through, through a satellite, what if you could, kill your car right that'd be what but then what happens when you sell your car right yeah what happens when you sell? can you still yep. still do it uh the guy who designed this uh did it after and he said in 2020 hackers used a wi-fi pineapple which is a special device uh hackers used to to get between you and your wi-fi hmm. network they they stole his, the keys for two of his Bitcoin wallets, uh, one of the wallets has uh, is well known and holds nearly eighty thousand Bitcoin. Ooh. The other wallet has thirty one thousand. Just another reason to hate pineapple. Doesn't belong on our pizzas. <laughs> it doesn't belong on our Wi Fi. Yeah, damn it! Only thing it should be done <laughs> is ground up into a juice for my fruit punch. <laughs> and, um, uh, interesting. So this is already in place. Then it sounds like. For Bitcoin SV, yes, which I believe is his own fork. This guy, he's in 2021. He filed a claim against 16 different developers of Bitcoin and the various forks, mm-hmm. insisting that they owe Tulip Trading, uh, one of the companies he owns, fiduciary and tortuitous duties to rewrite or amend protocol in order to give access to those 111,000 Bitcoin controlled by the two wallets. Oh wow! So like he he's he's tried everything he could to get those <laughs> gazillion dollars back. Oh, it's less now than it was a year ago, but still. Um, I don't understand how this works. Then like it's BSV that's putting the system in place, but can it work on other networks? Or does the thief have to stay on your network? It's a good good question. I have no idea. Yeah. If anyone out there does know, let us know. Let's see. Where's his name? Find this guy. Hey, I have questions. <laughs> Who are you? I don't know. Get him on the show. You know, yeah. <laughs> Craig, Craig Wright. Get Craig him on Wright. the show. I have yeah. a Craig write him a letter and ask for oh, clarification. Oh, oh. oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Clever, huh? All right. Should we uh, should we move on and do what? What's the next part? I don't even remember anymore. Oh yeah, that's what we do. Now I remember. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I did make a trade. I talked about it earlier. I, I, uh, 
purchase some puts against Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't. I think it's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a little bit of time on it. I'm going to be selling them. It's just a swing. I'm going to be selling them this week. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it was good. It's already in the green. Yep. I didn't do it emotionally. I had some personal uh, uh, experiences that guided like this company. <laughs> yeah, definitely going under. Well, that's the best way to invest, <laughs> right? Like, look around and see what you see. Like, if you see like your yeah. favorite stores, like nobody's there shopping, maybe it's time to not, you know, hold on to that stock anymore. Or if you see yeah. it packed and over, they don't have enough people to even man the registers. That's uh, another, you know, aspect yeah. of it. No, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I had kind of a mixed week myself. Um, I had a bit of a lapse in discipline on Wednesday that I think was really just uh, when I took a hard look at what I've been trying to do over these past three months, um, I came to the conclusion that too much of what I've been trying to do is discretionary. It's too discretionary. There's not enough. Mm-hmm. It's not enough definition around what you know puts me into an entry or takes me out of one. There's too much of me that's allowed to make that decision. Mm-hmm. So my good was taking the time after that, you know, identifying that problem, taking the time to address that, finding a setup that I like, that I can spot, that I can identify, uh, doing, you know, over a hundred trades worth of back testing to prove that the concept is right and that I'm identifying it properly. And then now the last two days I've been focusing on trying to forward test that basically, can I still spot it in real time and execute it? And the results yeah. have been decent. Uh, hey, I think I had one partial winner yesterday and then I had a partial win today and then a loss, a loss today. So overall still I think one R return on the week, uh, before you take on the, the bad and the ugly, which was the, <laughs> the, the, not quite a complete, uh, meltdown, but could have easily turned into something like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I did, uh, I did hit a daily loss limit and then realized what I was doing and then stopped and shut down, and, you know, went back to the drawing board at that point. So I feel happy with my discipline that I was able to identify it before I blew the account. Yes. Uh, but you know, you always wish you could find it, you know, there's warning signs, you know, the week before I think as there usually are. So could always do better at identifying it sooner, but you know, yeah, as long as you are identifying it though, you, 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 you're getting somewhere. Yeah. And each time I, it happens and I identify it, I'm identifying it sooner each time too, which is another positive sign. Yeah. Yeah. So normally when I set like goals that were like the easiest way to set an achievable goal for me is to just do better than yesterday. And that's, that's normally how I try to, you know, set my short-term goals. My goal for next week is to do better than last week. So yeah, a moving target, but you're always constantly trying to improve. And, and given yourself, that uh, that uh, that opportunity, creating that opportunity for yourself by focusing on the smaller term, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gives you the opportunity to grow that long term. Yes, and it, the the targets never become out of reach then, because you will slip up eventually, and then the targets get reset, and then now you're just trying to do better than that one. But yeah, so that's basically my week in a nutshell. Yeah, I uh, I haven't finished setting it up. I mean, I still have my. Uh, CR charts on my computer, but I'm going to start paper trading futures again and open that account back up. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm going to be doing it with, uh, with someone else as my risk manager that I have to report to. So I've heard of other people doing that and I like the idea. I just, um, I don't want to put my wife in that position because yeah. she would be too worried about, uh, coming across as like nagging. She's mm-hmm. worried it would affect our dynamic too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's plenty of other people that I could probably turn to if I wanted to do that. That's why we've opened up our journaling tabs to the public and given yep. everybody a chance to have their own. So now everybody can can weigh in on what I do. For me, it's it's the like the in the evening mm-hmm. sitting down and being like, okay, so here's the levels, and and here's the setups I'm looking for. I'm gonna I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna trade. A pull looking looking like this level it's going to either break out or be a pullback so i'm looking for confirmation one way or the other and then i'll make that trade mm-hmm. and then the next day being like okay so here's how the day went here's my trades and like just having a second person in the room next to the computer looking at it that i'm reporting to like there's no consequences 
Like it's not right. Like, not like like Dan, that trade wasn't on plan. So you know, get the get the paddle. That's a paddling. <laughs> uh, there's something to be said about trying to explain it. Like just trying not to like you know how do you explain it? like doing this show and then knowing like oh shit I gotta have to tell everybody about this stupid trade I'm doing right now yeah. and I know I'm doing it right now and do I really want to talk about this on Friday like yeah that's that's uh that's a pretty powerful motivator sometimes yeah no all right should we uh should we pick a stock should we bring back the bet uh, yeah let's uh let's do it what do you got for me I know what I got for you oh should everybody we do the song? should know Oh, is there is there a bet song? Yeah, it's your song. I need it, wanna beat it, gonna win it if I take it from you. I'm filling my positions, quit your bitch and random's gonna lose. Got a chart full of levels and a stop that's not too tight. It's bet, pick a time in the shop, so pick them right. Well, I know what you're going to suggest. Yes. Uh, I'm guessing it's going to be Bed, Bath & Beyond. Short Bed, Bath & Beyond. Yeah. Um, I was wanting the long Netflix, so let me pull up Bed, Bath & Beyond and take a look at that. Okay. Where's your target? Uh, $2. $2. Where's your stop? Um, I put my stop at uh, three seventy five on stop loss. Yeah, basically the high of uh, today. Yeah. Um, fuck. Okay, you got me. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> I, I like the weekly candles. If you take a look at those, yeah, um, the stop might be a little tight for my likings, but I mean those weeklies look. Those are nice wicks on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what did we what'd you say here? Uh, just mark it in, or do you want to put an entry? I'll leave that to you. Uh, let's do half uh, at open. We get a retrace of some of that candle. How about another entry at, let's say, three? 350? Three, 350. Sounds good to me. I honestly, I, I, I expect this thing to, to get to $2 next week. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The only downside is the 50-day moving average. It's above right now, so that might offer a little bit of resistance at $3.14, but I'm not that concerned. We'll see what happens when it gets there. Well, if we're going half at three fifty, do we want to put that stop up just a little bit higher? I mean, the three fifty to three seventy five is, uh, what, 6 7%? Let's put it at $4. Okay. Go to the day before it's top. You know, go full 15% loss. <laughs> okay, never mind. I forget when you have these smaller ones, it makes a much bigger difference. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I'll tweak it. Leave it as it is. Okay. It's, we'll call it 385. We'll call it a, a 10%. 385. 10%. Okay. okay. Yeah, that works. Works for me. All right. Uh, random. You fucker. Haven't seen you in forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, GNRC. Generac Holdings. We got a New York Stock Exchange consumer durable stock. Oh, yeah. Generac. You say that like you're familiar with it. Uh, yeah, that's the joke. I'm not I'm not familiar with okay. whatsoever. All right. <laughs> I thought it's a geriat- <laughs> geriatric stock. Yes. Um, well, this looks like it might have... Uh, kind of looks like a rounding bottom. It's yes, to say it, it bottomed out and it's on its way back up. Yeah. Yeah. Could very well be the situation here. God damn it. Wow. Okay. And it, it the rounding bottom was the COVID low. Oh, God. That's even worse. <laughs> when you zoom out oh, on the max. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least it's a short month. <laughs> the pain will be limited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to let Twitter pick my outfit or something. There you go. For February. There you go. <laughs> Look on the bright side. All right. Bed, Bath & Beyond. Random's got GNRC. Okay. So uh, we'll be back at you with those bet results someday. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks for coming by the shop, everyone. Like, rate, share, subscribe. 
thank you for joining us. We're glad you made it to the end. I hope you you're walking away a little bit less confused than when you came in. But I'm know. not. <laughs> <laughs> Never been more confused in my life. Uh, we'll be Great. back at you soon. Until then, happy trades. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.